0: Welcome to the AI-generated podcast. I'm your human host, Isaac. I'm a computer science and audio engineering student.
1: And I'm your other human host, Kelsey. I'm a fashion designer,
0: fashion professor, Twitch personality. Uh, And professional chocolatier that specializes in small clown molds.
1: (laughs) I'm famous for that.
0: We're being held against our will by a multinational corporation who won't let us go until we've taught their AI American popular culture.
1: In hopes of freeing ourselves from these terrible AI corporate overlords, we have, we have fed every episode of The Daily to their AI and asked it to generate new episodes of New York Times The Daily.
2: The AI-generated podcast has been synchronously composed by a number of intelligent computer programs designed to mimic the tone of a data set of texts. This internet radio show seeks to harness this technology for meaningless tasks.
0: Kelsey, I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> the Daily is so sterile and like NPR like, and I feel like it really needs something to give it some life, you know? So, some, some AI nonsense here. <laughs> I'm really excited too. They report on really dumb things, and so what I I just thought we should fix that. So I gave it some things that are interesting to report on for these prompts, <laughs> as you'll see.
1: I'm super excited. Yeah, they do seem to sometimes pick like the least important headline of the day to to report on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I sympathize with them because they have to produce that show essentially overnight. So like they're given, you know, whatever happened the day before and they have to produce it and they get it out by 5 a.m. or whatever it is. So I I really that's kind of crazy. Like you think I think of an amount of time I spend working on this show, like it takes me weeks to get it. You know, it is
1: impressive as a daily podcast, um, but it's not it's not my go to podcast. Do you listen to it every day? No.
0: No, I don't really either. In fact, I don't really even know how to do some of these voices. So apologies to any <laughs> real daily listeners. We're just going to read it like NPR style.
3: I, I think it's <laughs> funny to imagine like how you're saying a lot of it is like, man, why are they even reporting on this? I wonder if if if, if they snuck in just one headline that was complete nonsense or like one sentence that was completely ungrammatically correct. How many people would even notice it? Just like <laughs> it sits in the background so much, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just being played on NPR a lot of the times. So I read it's like it's on it's on radio stations across the country. So it has um, it has millions of listeners, I think two million mm-hmm. listeners daily. So it's not it's not an unpopular podcast. No, it's the second means, most but...
0: popular behind Joe Rogan.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And wild, we- <laughs> wild. you <laughs> are saving is- Joe Rogan.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, everyone, this is Harry. What's your name? What do you, what do you want to be recognized? Oh, should sh-
3: should I get a, a little make up my own little intro?
0: <laughs> I guess.
3: I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm Harry, the high school student. Like I don't have, I don't have any crazy cr- credentials, but I mean, I'm, I guess I'm adding that edge. I'm teaching, I'm teaching this AI a little bit about of youth culture. So that, that's, that's what I'm here to provide. <laughs> this is Harry.
0: He's going to read us some um, some parts today on the show. He's going to help out. we got too many voices here. I'm Yeah. Should we get into it? Should we start? So they have transcripts available for every one of these episodes. So what I did was I scraped all the transcripts from their website. I fed it all into GPT-3, which is uh, made by the people over at OpenAI. And uh, it's really good at speaking English, but it's not really good at mimicking this podcast that we want to. So I gave it all these podcasts and said, okay, now that you know English, learn how to write an episode of The Daily. And uh, it's pretty good. I'm ready.
1: Okay. So you've given it a prompt and it writes a little, uh... (laughs) I don't know, is this like a thousand words or something? It's like, yeah,
0: like 500 tokens, which is like,
1: like, yeah, yeah. 500 words um, on that prompt in the style of The Daily. Uh, so, yeah, I guess let's, let's get into it.
0: There we go. The prompt is, we've got a big problem with forklifts taking over schools.
1: I'm, I'm going to play Stella Tan in this.
3: Wonderful. I'll be Taylor Lorenz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're not going to be doing impressions of them. It's yeah, just, it's I'm just sorry. Beyond Taylor, the, Taylor Lorenz,
3: yeah. wherever you are right now, I would like to apologize <laughs> for, for whatever I read as you. I know that this is not coming from your, from your mouth, okay? Okay, this
0: prompt is, we've got a big problem with forklifts taking over schools, and Kelsey will be playing Stella Tan, and Harry will be playing Taylor Lorenz.
4: We've got a big problem with forklifts taking over schools. (laughs) They're roaring around every corner, beeping at every corner. There's dings on the sides of walls. It's basically like a scene out of a science fiction movie. I mean, it it was basically like a madhouse.
5: And almost immediately, the condition of the classrooms plunged. The ceiling tiles were coming off the roof. The paint was peeling off the walls. The water faucet had been disconnected. We didn't have access to the fridge, so I mean, it was, it was really bad. It's kind of a Faustian choice, where you give these
4: large groups of students something that's really, really good, like online learning, and then you,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know, the best.
4: (laughs) And then you also kind of sacrifice face-to-face instruction. I mean, you can still have that in schools, but it's just going to be kind of a different animal than what we had before.
5: The next year, we went to school board meetings. We started seeing these familiar faces from our school board Facebook groups, and they were no longer worry warts. You know, parents asking about assignments, about tests. These were people talking about how the schools were failing and they need to do something. And we saw that a lot at the school board meetings.
2: Archived recording. I'd like to ask the board a couple of questions. Do you feel like this is a crisis in our
5: schools right now? Are we facing an emergency? And these were the people who started showing up at these public demonstrations. So in May of 2020, there's a million person protest against tech in schools. And that same month, the school board elections happen. And now the people who are running against the incumbents are talking about the same issues that we had been talking about at the school board meetings the year before. (laughs)
0: I really, um, it really got it. It really got the fact that there's forklifts taking over schools. <laughs> we gotta do something really. You know what I
1: mean? We really have to do something we about these forklifts. We have to do something about these. This, this is s- a
3: pressing s- matter. Super
1: important. The ceiling tiles are falling off. I like that it really did describe, like, the damage that would happen.
3: I like how it took this weird, like, AI takeover Ooh. approach to it, too. Where it was like, I mean, we're getting we're getting online learning. Like, we're, we're getting something <laughs> from this. But, but, but the forklifts, I mean, the damage that they're doing to the physical building is just... Yeah, that was really and that was really we're good. We're
1: sacrificing face-to-face learning with all of these <laughs> foreglues. They're blocking.
0: They're, yeah, right. <laughs> I really like the the element of like pseudo importance that these shows always have. Too, they're like, this is like we're gonna sit here and talk about these issues like this, and we're <laughs> that's gonna be the extent of anything we're gonna do about this problem. <laughs> is sit here and talk on NPR about the way that these school board meetings. You know what I mean? Like, and play one archived recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like this is a crisis?
1: <laughs> is this an emergency all these forklifts in our schools?
0: All right, let's keep going. This is this prompt is as all we know what as oh, I'm As we can't all read. know, I, know you wrote like, that. I, I would like <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> apologize too. I'm
3: like I have a fair warning, I'm like borderline illiterate, so I'm going to probably make have <laughs> to do a couple her, reads. Okay. Okay, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one.
0: As we all know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of peach cobbler at a funeral.
3: As we all know, there's nothing wrong
4: with a little bit of peach cobbler at a funeral. And people started eating it. I mean, it
5: was kind of disgusting, but... So Rachel, what started out as a distraught-looking woman at a very difficult time went on to have the most piping hot plate of chicken, coleslaw, and cake that I had ever seen people started bringing extra to share with other mourners. And
4: soon soon, there were many more plates of cobbler
5: and other treats than mourners. Archived recording. The stench of this dead chicken filled the entire cathedral.
4: People were eating it and giving pieces to each other. And the next day, the Daily News ran an enormous story with the headline... Inspector General slams Biden's handling of COVID drama, saying it deviated (laughs) from best practices. (laughs) The IG said the vice president had broken the rules and it laid out a whole series of actions that she and other officials took that the IG says went against guidance and knowledge of the virus. And the whole thing just
2: reads like a very bureaucratic scolding. So at this point, Biden has been told, essentially, sit down and shut up. You've got a case of COVID. You're disrupting the funeral of the little girl who died. (laughs) And this is all very, very bad optics. He needs to stop, but he doesn't. And instead, the team really ratchets up the pressure at the funeral. What's going on here? That's an
4: incredibly good question because, again, we're in mid-March of 2016. (laughs) And the answer really begins to come together in the summer of that year, and that's when the Trump campaign begins to get involved.
3: Trump. This is an archive dun, dun, recording of, archive Donald, recording of Trump. Donald Trump. Here, oh can boy, you, can you take it? Can you do it? Oh man. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump we impression. We said it wasn't
1: going to require impressions, and then we throw. Should I tw- get? I
3: mean, I'll give it a shot. I don't think I've ever done. I'll, I'll do it. What It's like it's very okay. You got this. Thank
2: you. We love you. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I am obsessed with uh, the general story of this is that is that President Biden is handing out peach cobbler at a little girl's funeral. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he has COVID in the summer of 2016. Right.
1: I knew it was all a conspiracy.
0: <laughs> I I love this so much. A lot of them have to do with COVID in some degree because they only had the scripts available for the last year, which all they talked about was COVID, you know? Okay. So it's like all it's been trained on is COVID news, basically. So,
1: so, so the AI is like, how does this relate back to COVID? Because even in the first one, it was like schools, okay, online learning everyone's online because
0: of covid
3: and because of the funeral (laughs) had to do a bit of reaching
1: if there's cobbler at the funeral there must be covid involved
0: i think it's terrified like i think the ai is absolutely terrified of covid and it's really it's really figured that out it's paranoid
1: (laughs) it's i loved this one so much I was also up until that point picturing it like awake instead of a funeral, but it's like a a proper funeral, like in a church. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So the next one is, so these Mozart fans start marching on the Capitol.
5: So these Mozart fans start marching on the Capitol and they're playing Mozart. We need an independent Johnson probe. And they're chanting things like solstice. Save our symphony. Independence. Independence. Accountability. And it has been growing and growing and growing. We won't feed the corporatization of your orchestra. Last week, there were like 200 people. Last week, it was 1,000 people. Mozart is not for sale. And today, they're close to 3,000 people, and they keep coming. Hey, 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 don't let them turn our symphony into a corporate instrument. And they're definitely not stopping. So, Campbell, what happened today? Well, today was the big vote. The musicians were voting on whether to accept or reject the proposed takeover. And it was expected that they would reject it.
2: With about one third of the ballots still to be counted, the outcome is not yet certain.
1: <laughs> it doesn't even have the results of the election.
3: <laughs> dun 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 click <laughs> Well, so what... I'm trying to figure out the narrative of these musicians here because they're voting on whether or not to accept or reject the proposed takeover. What is the takeover? What's What is on? the takeover?
0: <laughs> takeover... The corporatization of, of the Mozart Capitol? symphonies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: I mean... Um, I love it. I wait, yeah. What was the prompt for this one? So these Mozart fans start marching on the Capitol. I mean, I guess it... I guess it makes sense if someone was going to start like monetizing Mozart or something. If you were going to have to pay to listen to Mozart every time,
0: that does feel like <laughs> that feels like an NPR thing that they would get upset about. Is like that's true. To yeah, listen to Mozart symphonies.
1: Yeah. Save our
3: symphonies. That's Save that's the our... headline. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love. I, th- yeah, so good. Um, I'm personally with the musicians. I'm with the. Uh, you're with, with the them. Mozart fans. I have,
1: how could you be against? How yeah. could you be against them? They, <laughs> they're trying to save our symphony.
3: <laughs> Hashtag save our symphony, 2016, COVID Biden. Oh my God. Biden's been facing a
1: lot
0: of pressure to legalize ice cream. Archive recording. Joe Biden. Okay. Good morning, and thanks for coming today. We really appreciate it.
4: And so he brought in the White House chef, Sam Cass, to go out and actually talk to the farmers and the ice cream makers and the ingredient suppliers to try to come up with ways to make ice cream without EEL oil and other eel. T-
0: eel, oil, eel. Oh, <laughs> why did you just spell the word eel for us? I don't know. I just, just, I just, why did your
3: brain? Why did your brain choose that not, word?
1: Like, I'm, that is such a weird word. <laughs> Eel? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I feel like it doesn't look like a real
4: word. Um, and so he brought in the White House chef, Sam Cass, to go out and actually talk to the farmers and the ice cream makers and the ingredient suppliers to try to come up with ways to make ice cream without eel oil and other kinds of things that people do without to avoid these kinds of encounters in the marketplace.
2: Archived recording. I think the one thing we've learned about is that there is no dietary standard. There's no one way of doing things. There's no one size fits all.
5: And the message that Biden was sending was that, actually, these problems are just not that simple. There's not one solution.
2: (laughs) So if I might just lift the veil a little bit, there is no one size fits all. The issue is a little too complex. Is there such a thing as a one cut solution? I don't think so.
5: And the White House knows that this trip is going to be a disaster. Planned initially to have 2,000 small businesses showcase what they were doing to solve the problem of disappearing food in the marketplace.
2: The reason you're here today is because you run a small business. And small businesses create almost 80% of the jobs in the United States.
5: (laughs) Is that true? I don't know. (laughs) But by the end of the week, the number is down to around 500. Even though this is a, <laughs> okay. they were
1: supposed to have two thousand small businesses come to this, and now there's oh. only five thousand. Were you thinking
3: about the small businesses create? 80% they of create five hundred percent
0: of
5: jobs, 500. or just five hundred jobs. Even though this is a White House event, source after source told me that they were getting towards zero incentives from the White House. <laughs> um,
1: I. <laughs> I love that you set up the premise that ice cream is illegal and then it had to justify why ice cream was illegal in the article. It's like because Because of of E-E-E-L oil. Eel oil. Because of eel oil.
3: (laughs) And other things that people do without to avoid these kind of encounters in the marketplace.
1: (laughs) But then it also says that food disappearing is a problem in the marketplace. The problem of disappearing food in the marketplace. Well,
3: that's exactly why this isn't a one-size-fits-all one solution. It's not a one-size-fits-all <laughs> one size size <laughs> <all. laughs>
1: so We've got eel oil and disappearing food and other kinds of things that people do without. <laughs> Imagine if every food, like this is setting up the premise that like every food has to be like, have no allergens in it, basically. Like, if if every type of ice cream has to be good for people who are allergic to peanuts or uh. whatever. Um, allergic to eel oil, I guess, specifically. <laughs> EEL oil. <laughs> um, this is classic government overreach, though, I have to <laughs> say. That I, I'm against uh, regulation of ice
0: cream. Yeah, what's your stance on this, Harry and Kelsey? What do you think? The ice cream should be legalized, regulated.
1: I think it should be decriminalized because
3: then there won't be any regulation on the ice cream. I think this one might have to stay illegal. I'm I'm sorry. I don't think I could. Really? In, in, in I don't think in good conscience could could I let this not say illegal? You not could. not with the okay. Not until we figure out why the food is disappearing. Not until we figure that out. Then maybe
1: we can talk about ice cream. Is there a way to make ice cream without eel oil, Harry? What do you think?
3: <laughs> I mean, eel oil is, is fundamental. E-E-L oil <laughs> is is basically the constructs of what ice cream is built upon. So,
0: All right. The next front is, Trump was obsessed with his wah-wah pedal.
3: I already love this one. <laughs> Reggaeton Trump, like Trump loves dub music and reggae music. This is already <laughs> phenomenal. This is 10 out of 10.
1: I really am surprised at how funny this is.
3: I thought it was going to be a lot more. But I guess
1: the prompts you give it lead it to a funny place. So you're good at figuring out the prompts, Isaac.
4: Mm, Thank you. Thank you.
1: Trump was obsessed with his wah-wah
4: pedal. He was always tinkering with the sound on his songs. And at first, people thought it was strange. But after we got to know him and understand what music meant to him, we realized he was using his pedals to create his sound <laughs> the echo device was his wah-wah pedal, the airplane mode was his overdrive <laughs> because he had no pedals in his car and that car really was a work of sound art I was sitting next to him while he was driving around one day in Beverly Hills and he goes you know, I'm gonna change the channel he cranked his own sound an unexpected dubstep beat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Archived recording, Joe Biden. Okay, lift your left foot.
5: And he was dancing.
2: Come on, sister, let's go.
5: He was going completely nuts. Which is totally out of character for him. And people within the car thought, what the hell is going on here? This man we've (laughs) all come to know and not to know suddenly is dancing like a maniac, jumping around. And we have no idea why. So Joe Biden, a few days before Christmas, 2009. We learned this for the first time.
0: Archived recording, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And foot. (laughs) Archived
2: recording, Joe Biden. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. All right, there we go.
5: And from there, life just kind of moved kind of fast for him.
4: Jack, this is a former vice president of the United States and certainly a major political figure. And so far in this
1: book, you've managed. and
4: then There's it, so many cliffhangers. Up. There's so <laughs> many
3: cliffhangers. It's because
1: Isaac has to put in like the amount of words it creates. So, so it's, it's like right. 500 exactly. And then, yeah, it, it just, we get to imagine the rest of the. I think that
3: intro was my favorite thing this has made so far. <laughs> that intro was like. It, it almost brought a tear to my eye talking about what music <laughs> meant to him. Like the overdrive pedal was his airplane mode. Like there's some deep yeah. poetic, <laughs> poetic, yeah. poetic meaning undertones. Like that was absolutely beautiful. Oh my god, that intro was. Phenomenal. I liked it because so it was
0: like his wah wah pedal, but then it was like B.D. had no pedals in his car, so it was like the airplane mode <laughs> was his overdrive because he had no pedals in his car. It's so
1: strange that it knew it was about music, but then it did. It did like put. The car in as well because it wasn't sure about how the pedal related to music. It's so funny yeah. how it like makes these like strange, like stupid connections, I guess. And then he was going
3: completely nuts to an unexpected dubstep beat, <laughs> dancing like an unexpected dubstep, which sound. is
1: which is totally out of character for him, but. Okay, it did, it did talk about how Trump is obsessed with it, and we we go through all of this thinking that Trump is going to be the person. I think he's just obsessed with music. But in this then, world. but then Joe Biden is the one in the car dancing to his own sound, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or Joe Biden is just like a huge fan of Trump's music. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci saying and foot is like a peak AI. Well, I have to give it to
3: you, Isaac. You read that line perfectly. That was like, I didn't even, my brain didn't even think to read it like that, but go and foot.
1: (laughs) If you have an idea for what show might be fun for us to feed into the AI in order to soothe our corporate overlords, you can send it to us at AI generated pod on all relevant platforms or
0: our email is the AI generated podcast at gmail.com. Kelsey and I did the data collection for today's episode and I did the processing and model training. I also produced the show and wrote the music. Ellie Baker and I designed the thumbnail. Thank
1: you to Harry McIntyre for you
3: helping us today. You did such a good job. This was um, an absolute blast. I loved reading these nonsensical stories. You, yeah, it was so great.
0: <laughs> Thanks to The Daily for transcribing all their episodes and the people over at OpenAI working on GPT-3 for making the awesome API that we use on the show.
1: This show was unwillingly solicited by our corporate overlords, Dover Demon Incorporated.